A very good morning to you. You like to grab your seat, grab a donut. If you're new here visiting, my name's Neil. I'm married to the wonderful Kate. We lead this church. If you are new or you are visiting, uh, do fill out one of these green Connect cards. They're in the, one of the wallets in the, one of the chairs nearby. Um, we'd love to connect with you. We'd love to send you some information about the church and give you a little bit more of an update as to what the Lord's doing here in and through us all. It's great that you're here this morning. Well done. Uh, this September, we're very excited to be running Alpha again as a church. Yeah. Um, and just to whet your appetites, why don't you why don't you take a look at this? It's just fantastic. I never used to be excited for my life, but now I am. I say, God, I hear who I am, who I've become. Come into my life. Now I don't feel alone, and that's just game-changing for me. It was Jesus who radically changed me. And I don't say it flippantly. I really genuinely do mean this. He's more important to me than the air I'm breathing. The best thing ever. I was nowhere you came to my rescue From the grave I've been raised I think Alpha matches much more the life we actually live. We rarely sit in rows and pontificate about truth. It's just a dope way to think about the big questions of life. Some of you, you need a little different way to access content other than sitting in a church service. And this is what the Alpha Course, which has helped millions in over 150 countries all over the world, is designed to do. I can say that if every believer in India runs Alpha Course, our country will be saved in no time. I, I, I greatly admire your remarkable work, bringing churches back to life. That, I think, is something truly remarkable and inspiring. Alpha leadership is worldwide famous. Alpha helps us to be less afraid and to find joy in bringing people to Jesus. The heart of Christianity is to love thy neighbor, and millions do really live that out. I think of the Alpha courses run in our prisons, which work with offenders to give them a new life inside and outside prison. God has at this time given a family of tools for the job of Alpha, the marriage course, God at work, the whole range of Alpha courses that enable us to bring hope for the world. I think Alpha is about to double, quadruple in its effectiveness and influence. 
I think you haven't seen anything yet. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Since, since 1993, over 27 million people around the world have completed the Alpha course in over, I think, 169 countries around the world. It's been translated into 112 different languages. I think there are 7,000 Alpha courses running across the UK at the moment with 44,000 courses uh, running around the world. Alpha crosses denominations, as you saw there. Uh, from the, the video, the Catholic Church, the archbishops and their bishops recommend it to their clergy for them to use. Alpha courses are run across Pentecostal churches and Anglican churches and vineyard churches. It's now even growing across Orthodox churches in Russia, in Greece, across uh, North Africa. Apparently something like 80% of the prisons in the UK are now running Alpha courses, without question. Alpha is a global uh, phenomenon. It's absolutely a, a wonderful, wonderful gift uh, from the Holy Spirit uh, to the church. And we're absolutely delighted that this autumn we're going to be running Alpha again here at Southwest. Uh, this morning what I want us to do, I want us to take a quick look at Alpha. Uh, I want us to see how it fits within the New Testament model that we see of people bringing their friends, of uh, bringing their families, of bringing their work colleagues along to meet Jesus. Uh, then what I want us to do is just uh, give you a little bit more information as to how it's going to work uh, here at Southwest next term so that at the end of the service we can spend some time praying together for Alpha. If you've got a Bible, why don't you turn me to John, uh, to John chapter 1? The words are not going to appear on the screen today. I know. <laughs> on your toes. John chapter 1, which most of you probably know by heart. But while you're turning to your Bibles or trying to find your Bibles, um, why don't you take a look at this? Hard. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the bungee jumping? Yeah, something nuts like cliff diving, you know. Skydive, uh, kayak, hike. Yeah, the big fast jet head to New Zealand. I think I'd go skydiving. Well, I play music, so I think primarily I would, I would probably just play an unbelievable show. Being here, we'd probably like hit up the skate park and go to the beach. So I'd probably travel to uh, definitely Australia. Yeah, I'd like to go to Australia. I don't know. I'd probably go hang out with people my family, you know, spend that time with them. I would probably try to visit a place that I would always want to go to. I would get together, play, my, uh, play some music with my friends. I'd probably spend a lot of time with my family. Spend all my money and go shopping. <laughs> go to the spa and just do a bunch of fun things. Awesome. Okay, if you only had 24 hours to live, what would you do? Very typical kind of question that might get asked at Alpha. So, why don't you take a couple of minutes, literally a couple of minutes, just with the people around you, and as honestly as you can, okay, there's no prizes for super spirituality, all right? So, um, none of this, I pray and fast for 24 hours. I'm just setting my timer. I'm not, I'm not texting anybody. Um, <laughs> so, so I'm not bored. I, just, I, 
I just got a tweet or I just got a text or something's coming. I'm trying to find my timer because two minutes. You've got two minutes. Turn to some people around you. See how you might answer that question. We might get set. Go. Thirty seconds. Okay. If you only had 24 hours left to live, what would you do? Any, any, any thoughts? Excuse me? You'd buy some. You'd buy some life insurance. What? Anything else? Who? Spend time with the family. A, a YouTube clip. What, watch one, make one? M- make one. Anything else? Go on. A big party with really good food and lots of friends. Fantastic. Wonderful. Now, it may, it, it, it may be that the people around you, those people that you work with, those you live around, the people that you, uh, you see every day, it, it may or may not be uh, that they're asking themselves a question like this. But... As Bernard Levin, probably um, one of the greatest columnists of our generation, he, he often used to tell everyone that he wasn't actually a Christian. Uh, apparently on one occasion he said, for the 14,000th time, I am not a Christian. Uh, but he did write this. He wrote, countries like ours are full of people who have all the material comforts they desire, together with such non-material blessings as a happy family and yet lead lives of quiet and at times noisy desperation, understanding nothing but the fact that there is a hole inside them. And no matter how much food and drink they pour into it, however many motor cars and television sets they stuff it with, however many well-balanced children and loyal friends they parade around the edges of it, it aches. Russell Brand more recently said, drugs and alcohol are not my problem. Reality is my problem. Drugs and alcohol are my solution to to fill the hole inside of me. 
And whether they're aware of it or not, even though the, the people we may know, they may well live lives crammed full of material comforts and cars and houses and well-balanced children and da-da-da-da-da. The people you know, the people we meet who don't yet know Jesus have a hole at the center of their lives. And it aches. It aches. Conscious of the fact or not. We're, we're all, all of us, whether we're people of faith or not, um, we're all just trying to work out what life is really all about. And Alpha, amongst many other things, what did Alpha is, is an opportunity for people to come and see for themselves whether life is really all about Jesus. And for those of you who may not know, Alpha is very simply a series of sort of, it's 15 very relaxed, very informal, very interactive sessions. It's usually run over 10 or 11 weeks. There's a fantastic weekend away, uh, probably about halfway through. And it's a place where anyone, and when I, when I say anyone, I mean anyone. It's a place where anyone can explore life and Jesus and the Christian faith and do so in a really relaxed and informal and friendly, non-threatening, um, engaging environment where where genuinely no question, no mindset, no attitude is off limits. But more of that in a minute. Okay, back to John chapter 1, verse 35. Let's start here. John chapter 1, verse 35. The next day, John, this is John the Baptist, he was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus, turning around Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, come and you will see, Jesus replied. So they went and saw where Jesus was staying and they spent that day with him. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon, which is a useful piece of information. There's probably some deep spiritual truth there, but I have no idea what it is. It was four o'clock. In the afternoon. Verse 40, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was, the one, uh, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. Listen to this. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah. That's the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas which when translated is Peter. Albert Macon was, uh, he was a 24-year-old farmer, and he'd only very recently come to faith in Christ, and he was absolutely passionate about Jesus. He'd completely fallen in love with Jesus, and he just wanted all of his friends to know Jesus, to know this love that he'd experienced and he'd heard about some christian event that was going on uh, locally and so he decided to invite all his friends along with him to hear about jesus so he got hold of a van and he gathered a whole bunch of his friends a whole bunch of people 
to take them along to this event. But there was one guy, there was one chap from the town that Albert McMakin really wanted to come along to this thing. Uh, but this chap, he was kind of like the cool dude in town. You know, he had glorious hair, um, which is an important thing when you're a man of my disposition. Um, he had glorious all the all the all the women in the town were after him. He was like the cool he was like the cool dude in the town, and Albert really wanted him to come along. Anyway, when Albert went along to him and asked him if he'd like to go, the, this chap said, "No, I don't want to go." And so Albert Albert was pretty gutted. He was pretty devastated. And anyway, he came up with a plan, and he said to this chap with the glorious hair, he said, um, he said, "Look, we'll, we'll, look." Okay, at least, would you come along? Would you drive the van for us, right? So that at least the rest of us can go along. And so our chap sort of slightly reluctantly said, okay, all right, I'll drive the van, but I'm not going in. I'm not going into this thing. And Albert said, okay, fine. So they all head off to this event, and um, our man's driving the van, and they get there, and everyone goes in, and um, our man with the van is outside, and he's a bit bored, and obviously he gets a little tiny little bit curious and so he gets out of the van he sneaks in and he just sticks his head through the back and he listens and as he listened he was absolutely captivated by what he heard about Jesus and so he goes back the next night and then he goes back the next night and then he went back the next night and on the last night of this whole thing they asked if anybody wanted to give their life to Jesus and and our van driver was like I want to give my life to Jesus. And he literally ran right up to the front and gives his life to Jesus. Well, that was back in 1934. And since that moment, the van driver, who you and I probably better know as Billy Graham, has apparently spoken to over 210 million people in person about Jesus. And they reckon that through things like TV and DVD and stuff like that, Billy Graham has spoken to over half of the world's population about the person of Jesus. Now, Billy Graham has got great hair. We can't all be Billy Graham. But we can all be Albert McMakin. Have a look at verse 41. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we found the Messiah, and he brought him to Jesus. Come and see. Come and see for yourself. Come and find out for yourself what all the fuss is about. That's what Andrew does with his brother Peter. All Andrew did was invited Peter to come and see for himself. It was Peter who becomes the great evangelist, but it was Andrew who was the one who said, why don't you just come and see? Okay. Time for another question? Have a look at this. I guess the death and resurrection is pretty intense. Healing, preaching, feeding people, I mean, raising the dead. Jesus and the money changers, when he just loses it and just gets so mad, he reacts the way that any human person would, which is with anger. And I think at that point, 
Jesus is a human figure. And I don't know about anywhere else in the Bible other than like the moment of his death when I actually think this was a real, this could have been a real person. I guess not much because I haven't read much about him. I read more about Muhammad and his life. When uh, Jesus uh, be crucified, he always went against the grain, like against culture. Uh, the water into wine thing was pretty cool. That's one that stuck out to me when I was like in uh, Sunday school and stuff. I was like, whoa. The water into wine. I just thought of it as magic. I was like, oh my god, he's a wizard. Fantastic. Okay, two minutes with people around you. What parts of the life of Jesus stand out to you? And your mask can say, go. Two minutes. Okay, just a few more seconds, not quite two minutes, just a few more seconds. Okay. I love... I love what John Wimber, John Wimber is the guy who founded this uh, family of churches called the Vineyard. I love what, it, what Wimber had to say uh, about what parts of the life of Jesus uh, stood out for him. This is, uh, this is John Wimber. I fell in love with Jesus. Didn't you? I liked him. I liked what he was like. I liked the things he did. I liked the things he said. Didn't you like those things? I thought that stuff was hot. I liked it when he multiplied the bread. Did you like that one? Huh? How about it? Did you like that one? And the fishes, you know, the sardines. I always picture sardines. I like that stuff. I like all that stuff, you know? I liked it when he went by the fig tree and said, mm, you know? <laughs> and it died. Can you picture him doing that? I like all that stuff. I like it. I remember last night, come forth. That's a biggie, you know? I mean, that's hot. There's not many guys doing that come forth thing, you know, telling anybody to come up from the dead. I like all that stuff. And when I... Just John Wimber just saying, you know, when I read the New Testament, I fell in love with Jesus. I read the New Testament, I fell in love with Jesus. When we encounter Jesus, that's what happens. And we... And as we all know, it happens because Jesus is so attractive. He's so incredibly attractive. He's so compelling. Jesus is so kind. He's so merciful. He's so loving. He's so gracious. He's so tender. He's all those things and so much more.
And all of the things that Jesus has been to all of you, to all of us, Jesus wants to be for all the people that you know. He wants to be all of those things for the people that we work alongside. He wants to be kind and compassionate and loving and generous and tender and merciful to our friends. He wants to be all those things to people that we meet at the school gate or wherever it is that we are with whosoever we meet as we go about our day-to-day lives. And right throughout the New Testament, time and time and time again, you, you see that one of the ways that people came into a relationship with Jesus, they came across Jesus, was simply a, the result of an invitation. It was simply because somebody asked them, somebody invited them to come and see. People around them, their friends, their family, people from where they lived, they just invited to, people to come along and See this Jesus and find out for yourself. You see it here in John chapter 1. You see it with Andrew talking to his brother Peter. You read down a few verses. You see exactly the same thing. Philip brings his friend Nathaniel. He says, come and see. Come and see. You'll remember the story of John 4. The woman at the well. The Samaritan woman. She's out at the well and she encounters Jesus. And Jesus and her have this encounter. They talk about, you know, water and wells. And where are you going to draw from since you don't have anything... How are you going to get the water you don't have anything to draw with and stuff like that? And he says, you know, if only you knew who was speaking to you. They have this encounter. He says, Jesus says to her, he says, oh, you know, go and get your husband. She says, I have no husband. He said, no, it's true. Had this incredible, slightly bizarre encounter. She goes back to her village. What does she say to all the people in her town and her village? She says, come and meet the man who told me everything I ever did. And the whole town, she's this outcast. The whole town listened to her because she's so impacted by this encounter with Jesus. It goes on in John chapter 4, verse 42. At the end of that story, it says, They, which is the whole town, the whole village, they said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we've heard for ourselves. And we know that this man really is the savior of the world. In Matthew chapter 9, Matthew invites his friends to a dinner party so that they can meet with Jesus. In, in Luke 19, Zacchaeus, he does the same. And at its heart, that's all that Alpha is about. It's an opportunity for us to invite those that we know to come along and to find out more about Jesus for themselves. And if they like what they see, then they can come back the next week. And if they don't like what they see... Well, I guess they don't come back. Before we get into Alpha and before we get into what it's going to look like here at Southwest Next Time, um, I just wanted to hear from a couple of people about their experience of Alpha. So um, why don't you welcome Robert and Camilla Bike? Give them a round of applause. Robert and Camilla, come in. Come and tell us. Right. For goodness sake. You can share, can't you? Is this on? You can be quite loud. Okay, thank you. Tell us um, in your own words in a short time. Tell us about Alpha. Tell us about your experience of Alpha. 
Okay, we've been running Alpha on and off for very, many years. Did it start, I don't know, about 18, 20 years ago? We started running it, and we were living in Italy, and we heard about these little cassettes, and so we um, telephoned HTB, I guess, and asked them to send us some, and we started running it um, when we lived in Italy. And um, we've run it through this church, in people's houses, in our house, in pubs, in all sorts of different venues. Um, and, yeah, Robert, um, why is it um, a good thing <laughs> to run Alpha? I'm not sure it's a good thing to run out for it. It's just a good thing to go to it. So um, <laughs> running it is just a tool that makes it possible to go to it. So I'm passionate in the belief that everyone should have the opportunity to hear about it. And I don't really care what they think. I mean, I do, obviously. God cares. I don't really care. I mean, sorry, I do. But <laughs> if they don't like it, they don't like it. And if they do like it, then actually that's probably the most important thing ever happened in my life apart from you, dear. No, you're not getting it back. And um, we practiced this this morning. You told me it's, going to, it's all going to be fine. So, so just... You... Okay, so we're going to tell you a little story. Thank you, Neil. Um, I'm fine. Um, so a little story. Um, so um, a couple of nights ago, we were in Wimbledon, and for some reason, we, we got chatting with this young couple who were 28. No, no, I'm not going to let you tell a story. Um, and, and, um, and by the end of the conversation, it was very clear that what they needed was alpha. And uh, she was from an Irish Catholic background, had a deep faith. Um, he had no faith at all. And she poured out her heart to me while he was talking to him. You think he was hopeless? Well, anyway, we hope they come to Alpha and we've invited them both. Why is it appropriate to invite someone like that to Alpha rather than to our house group, for example, Robert? So Alpha, is a, it's, it's a great opportunity because people know what it is. They just understand what it is. They've heard about it. There are 27 million people worldwide. Did you hear that? You know, actually... People love being invited to something. So, so if you say, it's not, oh, could you come to Alpha? Could you do me the favor? You know, I've got this little church cult group thing going on. I want you to be involved. And don't worry, I'm not going to lock the doors. It's going to be fine and you can get it. It's, my goodness, there are hundreds of people coming. And we might have a space for you. Mm, and actually, if we have a space for you. That's amazing because it might be interesting. And if it just might be interesting, then it might be an opportunity for you. And the bit I always add, but obviously I get in trouble, is, and it might actually sort out your slightly hopeless life. <laughs> Just a really quick point, sorry. These people who we met, um, we were at a, a, a parents' thing on, on Wednesday, uh, whatever evening it was in Wimbledon, and no one was talking to me because I was weird. So um, I went and just met, there was just a couple there, they were having a date night, and I went and joined them. And it was a date night, a parents' evening. No, they, so they weren't parents. They were, it was okay. in the all by one. I went and joined them, and it was great. Not to go into detail. Anyway, so doesn't listen. Um, why is Alpha not okay? Is Alpha just um, telling people what Christianity is in a kind of bullet point fashion, Robert? Or should I just answer that? No, I don't. So, so, so it's not. The great thing about Alpha is actually you don't answer the questions. As a leader of Alpha or a sister or whatever you call it, you don't answer questions. You sit there and say, okay, what do you think? And as people learn, as people discover, then they discover on their own. It's not sort of spoon-feeding. It's not like the new, you know, the education system, which is a completely different okay, point. Okay, move on. And it's okay. So, but it's about, it's about them discovering for themselves. And that's the amazing thing about it. And it's my wife's birthday. Um, and, and the last point is what we need is if we are going to run Alpha as a church, which I think Neil's about to explain how we're going to do it, is for every single person in the church to think, do you know what, there's someone I know who might really enjoy this and to not be nervous about asking them because the responsibility of their response is their responsibility, not yours. Wonderful. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Okay.
quickly, how's it going to how's it going to work? Well, starting in September, we're going to be running Alpha. We're going to be running it at the Yard in Putney. Yard is our uh, community is our ministry kind of community space uh, in Putney. Don't, don't panic if you don't live near the Yard. Uh, the plan is that we'll run Alpha again the following term in a different location and at a different time, and uh, then. Hopefully, if we can, we'll run another one again in a different location and at a different time in the summer term of 2016. So for the first term, we're going to be running Alpha from the Yard in Putney on Tuesday evenings. And over the coming terms, uh, because this is a priority, because this is important, because we want to create an opportunity for everybody to come along and to invite their friends, uh, over the coming terms, we won't, on the evenings we're running Alpha, we won't be running any other small groups. Okay, so next term, no other small groups on Tuesdays. And then alongside all of the friends and the colleagues and the neighbors that we're all going to invite, we're going to invite the very many people that we see coming through the yard week in, uh, week out, through things like Job Club and Food Bank and Cooking Club and Little Fish. Uh, this week on, um, on Tuesday, I met two absolutely remarkable, inspirational uh, women. They were absolutely phenomenal. Just listening to their stories, a woman called Charlotte, a woman called Kimberly, uh, absolutely uh, blew me away. Uh, the, the people that are coming through the yard, the teams that are serving there are fantastic, but the people that are coming through are just, some of their stories are absolutely, some of them are inspirational, some of them are absolutely heartbreaking. These are two remarkable women, and I was thinking, Alpha would be absolutely perfect for them. They'd absolutely love Alpha. And so each evening what we'll do is we'll start with a meal at the yard. Again, we've got facilities to be able to provide that. And then after the meal, there'll be a short talk, and it will be a short talk, and that will be given by people from the church here, and we'll mix it up using some of the incredible resources, as you can see, that Alpha um, have freely provided to the church. The HTB and the Alpha guys are such an incredible blessing to the church, uh, not only in this country, but around the world. And they are incredibly generous. Everything that they have, they just give away. And we're so grateful to the Lord um, for them. And then after the short talk, then what happens is we break down into small groups and give everybody an opportunity to talk through uh, what they've just heard. And as Robert said, and as Camilla said, it's not about us answering their questions just about giving people an opportunity uh, to talk. Now, the course uh, starts proper on the 22nd of September, but on Tuesday, the 8th of September, uh, what we'll do is we'll have a sort of an informal celebratory dinner. Sort of a, a, it's kind of a, any excuse for a party, which is in advance of the Alpha course proper. Uh, and so it's the sort of thing that you can invite your friends to they can have a, a great supper, a great time, and they'll get a flavor of what Alpha's going to be like so that they can kind of find out if they want to get involved or not. How do we all get involved? Well, the first thing that we can all do, which we're going to do in a minute, is pray. The most important thing about Alpha is prayer, and us as the local church supporting it in prayer. So that's the first thing, pray. The next most important thing that we can all do, and we can all do this, this is something we can all get involved in, the second thing that's really important that we can do is to invite. Invite people. Let's ask those people we work with, our neighbors, our friends at school, whosoever the Lord puts in our way. Let's just invite them to come along. Our job 
as Camilla said, our job is to invite. Come along, come and see, come and find out. It's the spirit of God's job to convict them and to lead them into righteousness and all truth. That's not our job. Our job is just to invite. Okay, and then the last thing that we can do is we can serve. We're going to be doing this. We're going to need a team. We're going to need hosts, and we're going to need people to cook, and we're going to need people to facilitate small groups. We're going to need people to do the talks and all kinds of things. So over the next few days, uh, although we can't promise everyone a place on the team, so um, just letting you know that, if you'd like to get involved, we would love to hear from you. And just to help get the whole thing, to help get Alpha off to a really, really great start, we're delighted that Trisha Neal, Trisha uh, Neal, who many of you would have heard, many of you women would have heard at the last women's gathering, um, she happens to be the president of Alpha International. So that's a bit of a coup. She was chatting with Kate the other day, and she's so excited about Alpha here at Southwest that she's agreed to interrupt her incredibly busy schedule and come and speak um, here on one of the Sundays just before we launch Alpha in September, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, in a minute, we're going to pray. But before we do, why don't we hear from uh, the chap who started it all, the vicar of HTB, uh, Nicky Gumbel. This is an interview with him. For anyone who's never heard of Alpha before, how would you finish the sentence, Alpha is... Alpha is an opportunity to explore the meaning of life. It's an opportunity to ask all the kind of questions that you can't ask down the pub, you can't ask at a football match, but actually every human being thinks about at some point in their life. Like, does this life actually have any ultimate meaning or purpose? You know, what about the stuff, the bad stuff I've done? Is it possible to be forgiven? Uh, all these kind of big questions which are fascinating, important, vital questions, but quite hard to find a context where you can talk about those and be taken seriously. So how would you invite yourself, as someone who's now been changed by the Holy Spirit, what would you say to your... I'd just say, come and see. You know, it's come, come one evening. If you enjoy it, come back. If you don't enjoy it, you haven't lost anything, and you've actually experienced something interesting. Yeah. Just come and see. I mean, I've been... I think I've done probably about 70 Alpha courses in a row. Wow. And um, I always love the small group. We were in a small group last night. Just a fascinating discussion. I mean, absolutely riveting. Aside from Alpha at HTB, what's been the most exciting thing about Alpha running around the UK? I think one of the things that really excites me is that Alpha has been crosses the denominational barriers. So... Uh, it's being run by Roman Catholic churches, Anglican, Methodist, Baptist, Salvation Army, Pentecostal, independent churches, vineyards, there's the whole spectrum. And I think that's something so powerful. I think that's one of the reasons why people like to come on it, because they say, what is it that everyone's agreed about? Mm. Where do you see Alpha going with this generation? How do you see them in their context? I think it's up to this generation what they do with it. It's, it's a gift from God, which comes from the Holy Spirit, and we can do what, whatever your generation wants to do with it. Alpha doesn't work without the Holy Spirit, because um, that's what changes people's lives, and an experience of God's love being poured into their heart by the Holy Spirit. So they have to have an opportunity for that. Great. Wonderful. So, Alpha, there you have it. Um, 
There are some flyers on the seats nearby. There are some flyers on the information desk if you'd like to take them. Uh, this Wednesday on the 1st first, of July at 7.45 at the yard, we're going to be uh, prayer walking around the Ashburton Estate and giving out flyers. So if you'd like to join us, uh, more information about that on the city. Why don't you stand and we're going to pray together for Alpha.